So for me, Elevate Women is just that. It really is all about providing that support for women who really want to have a corporate career. Dress for who you are as a woman. Don't lose your feminine attributes. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the 52 Weeks of Me podcast. I'm Jacqueline Osborne. And I'm Erica Brooks. This podcast is a platform for men and women to share their challenges and lessons they face throughout their journey toward achieving greater life balance through the four pillars of health and, of course, prioritizing the number one asset, you. Amazing. Let's get started. Hi, Susan. How are you? We're so excited to have you here with us today to help get us started. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Jacqueline. Thanks for having me. Let's start personal. So married, two adult children, two fur babies, live in Wilmington, Delaware, all that good stuff. From a professional perspective, I was in corporate for 30 years, um, worked at all the big banks. My background was in retail banking, specifically compliance and control. Spent some time in fintech working for PayPal, Braintree, Venmo. And then just about a year and three months ago, I took the big leap and retired from my corporate life and started my own business. So let's talk about that. I, I, of course, want to ask my aha question. But before we do, let's talk about your business. What, what do you do now? So my business is Lifestyled by Susan, which if you think about it is sort of the umbrella. And then under that, um, I have various different programs that specialize in success coaching. So corporate professional women, as well as midlife women who are, you know, just stuck, maybe going through a life transformation and, you know, think they're too old, it's too late, and they want to kind of get their spark back. As part of that, I have a fashion background, even though I ended up in corporate. So in my programs, I wanted to go back to my first love of fashion. So I incorporate style into my coaching programs, which is pretty unique. Usually, you know, if someone wants to hire a coach to help them through whatever they're going through, they hire a coach. And then if they want to revamp their wardrobe, have an event, whatever, they hire a personal stylist. I combine the two. That's so cool. And I can't wait to hear all about it. But before we do, let's talk about my favorite question, which is the aha moment. You mentioned some really big brands and some what sounds like very successful corporate career. What made you say goodbye? What made you turn around and and start fresh? And it really was sort of an aha moment as although, you know, when you get out of it, you sort of reflect back and it really was in the making for about five years. I was at the point where I was a senior director, um, had a big team, a lot of responsibility, et cetera, which I loved. And I loved mentoring the, the up and coming women, particularly. I loved managing my team. Um, I was sort of that manager who was the voice of reason and often had a lot of uh, colleagues, even those that didn't report into me, come to me for advice and things like that. So I really enjoyed that part of my career. It no longer resonated with, with me for the day-to-day type activities. I felt like I could do my job in my sleep. It was no longer really exciting me. And I had more of a passion 
for the leadership and the mentoring. So I decided that by leaving my corporate job, starting my own business, I could empower women more effectively outside of my corporate job as opposed to in it. Because I could be, I could speak from experience, number one, because I've probably been through every scenario imaginable, but I also could really get real and get raw, you know, come from a place where I could speak independently and I could speak my mind. I could help women sort of get through those interesting situations when you're working in a male-dominated field which is something I'm very passionate about. I think the idea of including fashion as the extra dimension of all that is really interesting because I do think that there's this tendency, and I'm looking maybe to Jacqueline to agree with this a little bit too, for women to feel like they need to dress masculine way Mm -hmm. to fit in when you're really advancing in your career. And so you still, I mean, at least for me, when I was in a corporate setting, I was really struggling with clothes that I liked, that I felt comfortable in, that I still felt were feminine, but Mm -hmm. also were not like too feminine. It would be seen as like, you know, flirty and fabulous or something like that instead of styled to perfection. And I think that's a really interesting piece of the story that we don't talk about a lot. You know, dress for the job you want is said so often, but what is the dress for a woman CEO? Exactly. And you hit the nail on the head, Erica, when you are in that corporate setting and you want to excel and you want to go up that ladder. And so many women do, you know, so many women are ambitious, but they get stuck in different ways along the way. And and that is one way where women tend to get stuck. And what I always say is dress for who you are as a woman. Don't lose your feminine attributes while you're trying to scale the ladder. And I know that that can be like a slipper slope and, and you're taking a chance, which to me is sad. Why do we have to take a chance? You know, wear the red lipstick if you want to wear the red lipstick, wear the heels if you want to wear the heels. I did. And I, I boldly presented myself as who I was in the room. I didn't want to wear black all the time or navy or brown. You know, I embraced feminine blouses and wearing dresses, even going business casual. I really struggled with it because that's not who I am. I mean, I'm the girl who never wore jeans to school. To me, high school was like a fashion runway, you know? And it was funny because a lot of my um, schoolmates were like, what is she going to wear today? You know? Um, And it was never sexy and flirty and all of that. It was interesting. Like I remember Ralph Lauren back in the day, this is like in the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, like jock purse were big. I didn't have a horse, but I wanted jock purse. I had amazing brown leather boots and I wore them to school. But that was my personality. And I want women to embrace that, you know, and embrace their style. And it's so timely too. Like there's actually a conversation going on right now in, and I'm sorry for the example, but in reality television, there is a, she's a, she's a medical doctor and she, her big 
point is that smart and sexy are not mutually exclusive. I can be super smart and be a fantastic person and still be allowed to dress in a sexy and like even provocative way. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. devalue the intelligence that I bring and the offer and services that I provide to people. Absolutely. However, society tells us that you can't be both, right? And I think that is so wrong because as women, we bring certain attributes to the table that make us unique. And in my opinion, we have an upper edge in our female energy and our female essence. And, you know, it is my belief that the world would be a better place if women just embraced that and didn't you know, you need the masculine energy. Don't get me wrong, right? You need that level. You need a certain level of masculine energy, but you all, we also need to up that female energy. We need to supercharge that and bring that excitement and that vibrance to your individual environments, your work environments. It's just like a mushroom that explodes, right? I really believe that we really can bring to the table some really special things if we would just embrace our female energy and not feel guilty about it. Society needs to shift. Yes. And I think that that guilty word is really important because we have this sort of, and it's not quite, quite the right way to position, but we have this sense of responsibility to advocate for ourselves as women, knowing there are women coming up from behind us that we want to be able to say, This is the thing you should be paying attention to, not, you know, the shape or cut of my shoes, right? God forbid you see my toes. Like, it's just such a big deal in some places, right? So let's talk about how we do that, because I think there's a delicate balance and a delicate dance that we do in the corporate world where we're trying to, you know, express ourselves and show our personalities through our sense of fashion and style, while also wanting to maintain credibility, accountability, and all the other illities that we need as leaders. What I would say is from a physical perspective, you can wear the black, you can wear the navy, but add a feminine blouse with some ruffle, or, you know, whatever feels good to you and feels feminine to you. And not all women like flowers and ruffles, and that's fine, right? So you want to embrace your own personality. Don't try to be someone that you're not. There are ways that you can expand on your feminine attributes without being girly. And again, like I said, wear the high heels, wear the red lipstick, you know, don't be afraid to wear makeup. So many women feel, oh gosh, I can't wear, you know, a lot of makeup. It'll seem, you know, fake or whatever. I mean, I know we're on a pipe, but I wear full makeup every day. I'm home. I'm not really going anywhere, but it makes me feel good. So whatever, and if I feel good, if you feel good wearing whatever it is that brings out your personality, you're going to show up better. You're going to lean in better. You're going to speak up and you're not going to, you're going to exuberate this confidence that you're not going to necessarily project if you're falling behind the scenes, if you will, by not really showing up and kind of feeling like, okay, I'm dressed in the Navy. I'm not really feeling it. I'm not wearing a lot of makeup because I don't want to draw attention to myself. That's going to show up in your work. It's going to show up in how you speak. It's going to show up in your body language. You're doing yourself a favor. You're being of service to yourself 
when you show up as your true self. So we talked about something in our initial session that is just so perfect for where you're going is that your coaching covers both the inside and the outside. And I want to bring this up here about this courage. Can you talk about A, what's the difference? And then be a little bit of that inside out. And what does that look like? Yeah, so my programs are titled Elevate Her. So I start that because women need to feel supported and feel like they have the tools are within them. As a coach, it's my responsibility for those that hire me to coach them to help bring that out in them. I want to elevate women. That is my ultimate goal. My my goal is to empower and elevate women. Okay, how do we do that? First, it starts with the mindset. If you're feeling insecure, if you're feeling that you're less than, if you're feeling that, you know, you don't have what you think you need to scale the ladder or you don't know what you need to scale the ladder, all of that really starts with your thoughts, right? And as women, we we have a tendency to self-sabotage and have the negative speak and all of that. The first task is showing you how your mind impacts everything. Your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. Many feel, and I did did this for a long time in my early days, I thought I was a victim of my circumstance. I was a victim of how I was thinking about those circumstances, right? And the one thing that we have 100% control over the thoughts that we think, There's all kinds of tools and exercises that we do in the beginning to get women to realize that instead of thinking X, maybe think Y and see what happens when you start to change your thoughts. And then once we work on the inside, then we start on the outside. Um, What I always say is I style women from the inside out, right? So once we're all good on the inside, you have the tools, you can use them for the rest of your life. And it is it is an exercise that you need to continue throughout your life. Once we start working on the outside, it's like, okay, how you project yourself on the outside is you're showing people who you are before you even open your mouth, before you even speak, before you even introduce yourself. So what vision, what look do you want to project to people? And nine times out of 10 in the market research that I've done, it's I want to be confident. I want to feel secure within myself. I want to show that I am an expert in my field, that I have the skills that I need for the job or whatever the case may be. And that all starts with how you look. People will perceive you as soon as they look at you. So we work on how to dress for their body shape, what colors look best on them. We talk about taking care of your skin, you you know, having that glow, if you will. Um, We talk about makeup, how little, how much, you know, how to do that so that you look amazing and just how to put outfits together. It's my goal that when my clients go into their closet, everything is mix and match. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. And no matter what they pull out of the closet, it's going to look great on them. It's going to be the right color. It's going to be the right fit. 
and they're going to feel amazing. You know, once we get through that process, it doesn't take a lot of time. So getting dressed in the morning shouldn't be standing in front of your closet for 20 minutes thinking, I have all these clothes and I really don't even know what to wear, right? My goal is they go in 15 minutes, boom, they have an outfit, they look amazing, they look fabulous, they have a pep in their step and they can take on the day. I have a question that I think is a very challenging situation that a lot of women leaders, I think, are presented with pretty regularly. I mean, I know that at least just sitting here, I can count three times that I've had this conversation with with other men that are my peers, Mm -hmm. which is there's someone in the office that's not dressing appropriately. And I'm using air quotes. They're not Mm -hmm. dressing appropriately for the office. For some reason, the assumption is that, well, we can just ask the other women to talk to this person. What are your thoughts about that? How do you feel about that kind of reaction? And how do you recommend that we as women respond to the situation? So when male colleagues come to to us and say, you know, she, air quotes, is not dressing appropriately. First off, what I would do is ask that male colleague, what is appropriate? And just not say anything else. Just be quiet and let them talk. Because that's often a very uncomfortable, not that we want to put put them in a corner, but we kind of do, right? Because they have to take responsibility for the comment that they made. And then once they explain that, okay, well, tell me what she was wearing. Why do you think that that was inappropriate, right? Um, And I don't know, maybe they're saying um, she's wearing open-toed shoes or she's showing her shoulders, right? She's wearing a sleeveless dress. Oh, no, the scandal. (laughs) And let's say it is an example of her wearing a a sleeveless dress with open-toed shoes. Well, I think she looks very nice. I don't understand what you mean by inappropriate. They're just arms and they're just toes, right? Uh Uh-huh. I hate it when they say, and I know there's a fine line here with, you know, HR rules and policies and all of this. But why do we always have to go to the woman and say, you know, Joe over here is saying that you're dressing inappropriately. That's embarrassing. What I would say is, Joe, if you feel as though she's dressing inappropriately, why don't you go tell her? Like, make them feel a little uncomfortable. I guarantee you they are not going to have that conversation. I want to go back to something you said, because it's such a powerful word, but statement, but you, your focus is on elevating women. You mentioned that. I want to understand truly, not only the first question, which is what does it mean? But really, I want your thoughts around why do you think so many women struggle with it? Yeah, and that's interesting. So I did a lot of market research, right? When I started my own business. I knew that I wanted to empower women. I was very passionate about corporate women because honestly, I took a lot of the experiences that I went through and I wish I had a Susan when I was coming up. And then with the midlife women going through transition, same thing. I mean, I've been through the divorce. My son, who is 32, is a childhood cancer survivor. So I went through a lot of stuff, right? And I think, you know, women, just women in general, need support throughout various points in their lives because we go through so much and we take on so much. So for me, Elevate Women is just that. It really is all about 
providing that support for women who really want to have a corporate career. So many women that I talked to when I did my market research were on the cusp of giving it all up because they just couldn't take it anymore, right? And through the research that I did, I heard comments like, you know, the typical, if I speak up too much, I'm the bitch. If I'm too quiet, I fade in the background. And I had one woman say these words to me that just made me cringe. She said, just tell me what lane I'm supposed to be in. And that is tragic. She can be in any lane she chooses. And she has the ability within her. She has everything she needs within her to choose a lane and even switch a lane. But so many women feel that they have to be told or they have to be forced into a lane, which to me is so sad. I had women who I interviewed, this one woman, she actually worked for the CIA. She's a cyber security expert and she worked for the CIA. As soon as she got pregnant, it came back to her that a lot of the male colleagues in her group were saying, oh, wait until she has the baby. She's never, she's not going to be here anymore. We're not going to be able to rely on her anymore. That should not be, right? And she ended up quitting because she just felt like she, after she had the baby, she came back. She said the whole dynamic of the office had changed. It became a toxic environment. And I think many of us women have been victim of certain toxic environments and it doesn't feel good. It feels horrible. And you don't want to get up and go to work anymore. And you just feel lost. You started out with all of these ambitions and career goals. And then life hits us, right? It's unfortunate. So my programs are all based on those experiences and supporting women so that they feel like they have the support and they have the tools that they need to go against the grain and be that corporate executive that I know you can be. So let's talk about, you've mentioned a few times, confidence and feeling good on the inside. This all resonates with me. And and another topic we talk about is the infamous imposter syndrome. Let's turn to what tips or tricks or what advice do you have for our listeners to improve that confidence, to feel good on the inside? It has to start with you thinking good thoughts about yourself and knowing that you can do whatever it is that you're setting out to do. So what I do, and I know, you know, sometimes our mornings, especially if we have children that we need to get off to school or whatever, our mornings are very tight. But I would say if you could at least maybe set the alarm 15, 20 minutes early and just be quiet with yourself right? Be quiet with yourself before the day starts and start to do that mindset journaling. The first tool that I teach my clients is do a thought download, write down five things that you're thinking in the moment. And it could be good things, bad things, whatever. Let's say, for example, I write down, I have a meeting today and I don't feel like I'm prepared. And then write down why you don't think you're prepared. What are all the reasons why you think you're not prepared? 
you're getting it out of your head, which is one, going to give you less stress. So you're getting those thoughts out of your head. You're releasing it out onto paper. And pen and paper, I think, is so impactful. I still, I'm old school. I still carry around a journal. I highly recommend it. And then instead of thinking, I have a meeting at 10 a.m. that I'm not, I feel like I'm not prepared for. Write all the reasons why you are prepared for it. I've got this. I can do this. I know my stuff. Start giving yourself that pep talk and writing it down and then reading over it several times to put your mind in a positive state. So you're going from, oh, I have this meeting at 10 a.m. that I feel like I'm not prepared for. I guarantee you, you're prepared for that meeting. One other thing that I think is amazing, sounds a little weird, but it's amazing. And I learned this from Mel Robbins. High five yourself in the mirror. Anytime you see a mirror, anytime, high five yourself and say, I've got this. I like that. It's like the Superman stance from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Exactly. You have to do these little things all throughout the day. So many of us go from task to task to task, and you feel like that hamster on the wheel. When you go from one task to another, you need a transition. So take a minute to three minutes just to close your eyes. Feel, you know, if you have any stiffness in your neck, especially if we're sitting on Zoom calls all day, if you have any tightness in your shoulders or your neck, kind of move your neck and your shoulders around, kind of loosen it up, right? And then set an intention for your next task. Okay, I'm about ready to start working on this deck. What do I want to bring to this presentation? What is my purpose for this presentation? And just kind of say this to yourself as you're sitting there quiet before you move on to your next project or task. And it really gives your body and your your brain the ability to transition from task to task. Have you ever um, worked with women or with teams in general that have actually made it a purpose to collectively allow that time to just sort of share experiences, share where they're coming from, share kind of who they're showing up as? With my own team, I would have those conversations in my team meetings. Now, again, if we're not running the meeting there may not be an opportunity to do that. And this is really something I think is more female energy than male energy, right? Men won't normally, and I'm not saying all men, but most men, it's been my experience, would not start a meeting like that. And that's where I'm saying our female energy, it's part of our energy to want to reset and to want to maybe set an intention for the meeting in the beginning. Many men would be like, ooh, and some women might say, oh, let's do woo-woo, right? But it's a great way to start a meeting. And why can't we suggest that that be the way that we start a meeting? Or if it's our meeting and we're leading it, we we should have full autonomy to start a meeting in that way. Because it's really setting the tone. And it's saying who I am as a woman. This is important to me, right? I want to bring a sense of transition. We've all been in other meetings throughout the day. 
We're now sitting here in this meeting. What do we want the purpose of this meeting to be? So ladies, I'm so sorry to jump in here, but as amazing as this conversation is, it is time that we start our wrap up. So to ensure we get to it, one of, it's not our last, because Eric is going to chime in after me, but one of our last questions, if you could recommend one book or piece of advice, what would it be? So one book I would recommend is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It is an amazing book. I've read it several times. And it's really about your zone of genius and how we get stuck with our upper limit problems, right? And really, it's when we feel like we're projecting up and we're moving to this amazing space. Maybe it's a promotion on the horizon or starting your own, leaving your corporate job and, you know, starting your own business. These major things that you're working towards. Oftentimes, and again, I'm going to go full circle. This goes back to mindset. This goes back to how we allow our brain to take over. We get stuck, right? So we come up against what Gay Hendricks calls an upper limit problem, which is basically self-sabotage. And in this book, he explains to you why we do this and then how to break through it to stay in our zone of genius all the time. It's an amazing book and it's helped me a lot. And then the last question is, how can our listeners find you online? You can find me on LinkedIn under Susan Salter. I am on all the socials, uh, Lifestyled by Susan. And my website is lifestyledbysusan.com. Thank you again for joining us today. This has been a definitely upbeat, uplifting. I feel like I need to go get in the shower and get dressed so I can feel good on the inside and the outside. Really, really loved everything you had to say, and I can't wait to hear what's next from you. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, ladies. I appreciate it. Bye. Thanks, Susan. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to us as much as we enjoy participating in the conversation. Now your homework is to be sure to like, subscribe, and let us know what you thought about today's discussion. And of course, find us online, 52weeksofme.net with a number five and a number two, and at Instagram at 52weeksofme spelled out. Again, we love emails, so email us at 52weeksofme spelled out at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you all soon. Bye! Bye.